Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, glad you're with us for the Friday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We're brought to you today by Stamps.com. Good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives today. And Jim, it's always a nice day when the First Amendment has a friend at the Supreme Court. Maybe even as many as nine friends today. We don't really know for sure. But uh, for the second time in not that many days, the Supreme Court has decided on the side of freedom of religion and religious expression. CNN with the story, the Supreme Court on Thursday sided with a California ministry that argued the state's COVID-related restrictions on indoor services violated its religious liberty rights. The court seconded such ruling on pandemic guidelines for churches in two weeks. In the case at hand, the California ministry uh, charged that Newsom, Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, continued to impose draconian and unconscionable prohibitions on the lives of Californians, and they accused the governor of disregarding the restrictions at his own whim. A lawyer for the church said that while religious worship at times is severely restricted, grocery stores, big box retail stores, laundromats, and warehouses do not have similar restrictions. Quote, the disparate treatment of religious as compared to similar non-religious congregate gatherings unquestionably and substantially burdened the church's exercise of religion and violates the First Amendment. Not surprisingly, California Attorney General Javier Becerra rejected the church's allegations telling the justices that the restrictions also apply to museums, movie theaters, and restaurants. He also noted that there is currently a new surge spiking. And so, Jim, the analysis here is really that the Supreme Court has sent this back to the Ninth Circuit saying, look, remember this case we just decided about uh, uh, Catholics and Jews in New York that definitely went against Governor Cuomo? Yeah, think really hard about that decision and then come up with a different ruling on this. Why don't you reconsider this? So it's It's one of those situations where you're talking to your kids and you kind of leave them the decision to make, but you make it abundantly clear what the only (laughs) decision is. So good work here. I mean, if it's only two sentences, um, if it had been any shorter, it would have been just, you sure? Um, (laughs) Two words. Also, I think it's kind of interesting and pleasantly surprised there are no public dissents from the ruling. Um, When the, the Supreme Court ruling about the New York restrictions came down, we greeted it as good news, and it was good news, but we've seen occasionally, in, in not just on this issue, you know, one state will enact a restriction or make some sort of law, and it goes off, all the, gets fought all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says, nope, you can't do this, violates the Constitution, go back to the drawing board. And some other state will then say, well, you said their rule was against it, but our rule is fine because look at these technical distinctions that are, make it completely different. And sometimes the justices are very clear that, no, 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 your distinctions are not enough, but sometimes you have to go through the whole process of fighting the legal fight all over again. And even if these states that are enacting something that's unconstitutional, even if they lose eventually, they've managed to get one year, two years, certain, you know, a pretty significant stretch of time in which they have abrogated the constitutional rights of citizens in ways that make us grind our teeth. Um, you know, and, and you know, justice delayed is justice denied. Uh, and so this was, you know, it's good, it's quick, it's relatively fast. Uh, apparently there are two other requests for relief from COVID restrictions, uh, one from Houses of Worship in New Jersey and a Christian school in Kentucky. We'll see how they shake out on that. But further good news and nice to see that other states can say, well, our, we're not like New York, so your ruling doesn't apply to us. And actually, yes, it does. States like California. Exactly. The Ninth Circuit's kind of like that child that takes a, a few different uh, 
episodes to really get the message because the Supreme Court has a long history of telling the Ninth Circuit, why don't you go back to your room and think about what you've done? My sneaking suspicion is the Ninth Circuit is like my younger son that's like, well, what if I did this? Would this get me in trouble? (laughs) Yes, son, it would. Uh, just to be clear, Jim and I have not been ranting about disobedient children before the start of this. This <laughs> this particular case just simply lends itself to that parallel. So, all right, let's talk about some other good news here, and that's ways to save time and money as you go about your work and your holiday gift shipping activities. This holiday season, more people are going to be mailing stuff than before. They're not going to be traveling as much, probably, especially when we start talking about the restrictions uh, in our second martini here. That means the post office is going to be busy, and you just don't have time to stand in line for all this stuff. And stamps.com means you don't have to. It brings the post office and now UPS shipping right to your computer. Mail and ship anything from the convenience of your home or office. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, you just schedule a pickup or you drop it off. It's just that simple. With Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off of every first-class stamp, up to 40% off of priority mail, and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder that more than 900,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. So don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our promo code, 3Martini, all one word, all spelled out, 3Martini, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in 3Martini. Stamps.com, enter 3Martini. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. All right, Jim, we've been talking about uh, draconian restrictions uh, for coronavirus in the last couple of days here. In fact, we even talked about Los Angeles in passing yesterday where Eric Garcetti, the mayor, said you really can't get together with anybody who doesn't live in your own house, which obviously makes it pretty restrictive. Uh, We talked about the mayor of Austin telling people from his vacation home in Mexico not to leave their houses for Thanksgiving. Uh, Los Angeles is now out with even more Uh, restrictions, and it includes the one we talked about yesterday, quote, all public and private gatherings of any number of people from more than one household are prohibited, except for outdoor faith-based services and other uh, small exceptions. Paragraph four here, all travel, all travel, including without limitation, travel on foot, bicycle, scooter, motorcycle, automobile, or public transit is prohibited, subject to the exceptions in paragraph five. And There are some essential activities like going to the grocery store and other businesses that have to stay open and so forth. But uh, Jim, you can't visit with people who don't live in your house and you can't go for a walk. Uh, This is getting to the point where it's uh, almost incarceration here. What do you think? Greg, if the law bans unnecessary walking, no, I have not misstated that, dear listeners. Uh, and you decide, well, I, I need some milk. I'm going to walk to the grocery store and then walk back. Are you legally required to take the shortcut? <laughs> or if you're like, well, I could take this avenue or I could go around this way around this block. Uh, you, know, you know, LAPD, get that guy. That's unnecessary walking. 
you and I would say, look, this is kind of ridiculous. And, and maybe, you know, when we notice the idea of uh, any institution enforcing these sweeping regulations with no distinctions or anything, Greg, at the very least, the institution that will be enforcing it is one we can all trust, one that has a great record, one that is known for handling these things with delicacy, mercy, and good judgment. I speak, of course, of the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, <laughs> now, this is where, you know, if you were following us on Twitter yesterday, you saw references to Al Powell and Murtaugh and Riggs and Frank Drebin. Obviously, they're fictional, uh, and we probably shouldn't joke about, you know, genuine abuses of police powers, but this is the kind of, you know, I, I'm sure LAPD, by and large, don't want to get into the business of writing people tickets for unnecessary walking. Um, it's possible this won't be really enforced. We talked a couple times about the regulation in Arlington, Virginia, that said you were not allowed to gather in groups of more than three in the public sidewalk. Sorry, Ben Pattons. You're, you're you know, <laughs> or anyone else with a larger family. You know, I don't think you're going to say, officer, arrest that man, sort of thing. But this is, this is kind of ridiculous. And this is where, you know, for a couple of days now, we've been beating this drum. If you're an election official and you want to discourage people from doing certain acts, you can recommend things till the cows come home. It helps if you lead by example, which apparently no one in California feels the need to do. But if you want to say, look, we're, you know, cases are really high. Hospitalization rates are up really high. We're, we're nationwide. We're, we're past two thousand deaths, and we're actually approaching. By some measures, we're even at three thousand deaths a day. We got to take this really seriously, people. But you don't want to put the police in the business of trying to, you know, like it's bad enough when you're trying to restrict jaywalking. Now you're literally trying to restrict walking uh, and things like that. People are not going to respond to this well. It's been a long year. People have put up with all kinds of impositions upon their daily life because of the virus. Um, you know, there's when people point into all the examples of this, even the the Matt Iglesias of the world, even the you know generally left of center folks who don't live in California, or even quite a few who do, are looking at all these examples of lawmakers, oftentimes mayors and city councils, who enact unbelievably sweeping and draconian restrictions and then go out and violate it themselves. And then when they get caught, they offer these mealy-mouthed, you know. Uh, I'm sorry if I offended you. <laughs> Bad responses. And they're appalled. Uh, and the interesting thing is if you scratch, you know, most liberal writers who live in New York City, they'll say they don't like Bill de Blasio one bit. They'll, they'll, den they'll denounce them as much as any conservative will. Um, I'd point out to them, you can do something about that, folks, by, you know, stop, you know. This. But I think this is an indication of what happens when you have one-party states. And maybe you probably have similar examples of one-party states or cities where the Republicans run everything and there's unbelievable abuses of power or unbelievable uh, elitism or just, you know, people who don't believe they have to live by the rules they force upon others um, I, because they don't, they're not afraid of losing their election. But once they've won the primary, they are set for the remainder. And I think if you want good government, if you want government that is responsive to the people, you probably want it to be, if not a swing state or a swing city, you want it to be competitive. You want people to know that there's going to be elected officials to know there's going to be a consequence if they do something really stupid. Because right now in California, it appears that there's not a single lawmaker who's afraid of looking like a giant hypocrite and lots of other bad words that I could use there. And there seems this seems like there's a new one every day this week. Jim, I wanted to make this funny, and it is uh, funny because of how absurd it is, but uh, even if it's not enforced, the idea that these governors and mayors uh, think that they actually have the power to do this. I can tell you who to associate with. I can tell you whether you can leave your own house. The idea 
that if in fact these were to be followed to the point of being enforced, even though I'm sure most cops would find uh, almost anything uh, a better use of their time, you know, the idea of uh, walking down the street and, and someone in law enforcement, someone who's a representative of the government, accosting you and asking you where you're going and finding out if it's a legitimate reason to be out of your house. Uh, yeah, I know we're in a pandemic, but uh, that's, that's, that's way beyond anything government should be doing. Papers, please. <laughs> exactly. That's like going through customs to go for a walk. And, uh, you know, not being allowed to go outside to get fresh air or exercise. I'm sure there won't be any uh, unforeseen That's the only nice thing about California left. <laughs> wildfires and, and uh, mudslides and avalanches and, you know, earthquakes and God knows what else is coming their way. Murder hornets haven't made it there yet. Beyond that. <laughs> Yeah, and if you think you're in a different part of California and you're saying, ah, sucks to be you, L.A., guess what? Uh, that's not going to be just for L.A. Uh, Politico reporting that, uh, quote, California regions will face stay-at-home orders when their hospital capacity shrinks to an alarmingly low level under a new plan. Governor Newsom's health chief described to lawmakers on Thursday, in a region where rising cases threaten to overwhelm limited intensive care unit capacity, residents will be directed to remain in their homes unless... They are conducting essential activities. And uh, the threshold there is ICU capacity down to 15%. You'll have a three-week stay-at-home order put in place automatically. So Wait, 15% for ICUs? Like, like if, there's, if there's 15% left yes. or if only 15% are being used? If capacity is down to 15%. Okay, that makes more sense. Because I was like, you know, wait, ICUs are half full even in normal good days. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Carter, host of the Sarah Carter Podcast. Everywhere you look these days, we're seeing an aggressive effort to destroy what made America great, tearing down our history, attacking our freedoms, and canceling any person who dares to cross the progressive speech police. We cannot stand by and let this happen. It's time for the silent majority to become the unsilent majority. Join me on the Sarah Carter Podcast. Subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On to our final martini now, Jim, and this one is uh, just bizarre. Uh, Joe Biden sat down for an interview along with uh, Kamala Harris with uh, Jake Tapper of CNN, uh, and they talked about a number of things, including their relationship and how they see their president-vice president relationship, uh, assuming, of course, they're inaugurated in January, and uh, what that looks like uh, when they disagree. And Biden's explanation here is really weird. Take a listen. The thing we are simpatico on our philosophy of government and simpatico on how we want to attach, approach these issues that we're facing. And so I don't have, and when we disagree, it'll be just like, so far, it's been just like when Barack and I did. It's in private. She'll say, I think we should do A, B, C, or D. And I'll say, I don't, I like A, don't like B and C. Mm -hmm. And let's go, okay. But, and I, like I told Barack, if, if, if I reach something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. So, Jim, as usual, it's a bit of a word salad from Biden. I'm not sure if he was saying that's the, the promise he made to Obama, was that he would uh, fake a disease and resign if they ever had a, a fundamental disagreement that uh, they, they couldn't live with, uh, and that he expects that of Harris, or that he will do that if Harris disagrees with him now. So uh, for everyone wondering whether uh, Biden was the, uh, just the placeholder, I'm sure this won't uh, create any concerns at all. You know, Greg, last couple of weeks I've been watching uh, or re-watching 
the later seasons of the West Wing. This was after Aaron Sorkin had left the show. It got a little bit less preachy and insufferable. Um, and it's best it could be a really good show. This is, you, know, you stop seeing long monologues about how everyone should be able to eat hallucinogenic uh, psychedelic mushrooms and not get hassled by the police, which totally had nothing to do with what Aaron Sorkin was doing off screen. <laughs> anyway, so at one point they have one of the vice presidents resign and they have to audition somebody. And Gary Cole comes in as apparently like the most generic, non-threatening consensus choice that they could get that nobody particularly likes. And he knows he's in this position. He's kind of, he says, you know, you know, there's a old woman who had two sons. She was very proud of them, but one was lost at sea and the other became vice president, and no one ever heard of either one of them again. When you're the vice president, your job is to make the president look good. You, you know, the old you know, saying about the, the job isn't worth a bucket of warm spit. You're like the eternal backup quarterback sitting on the bench, just waiting for something to happen to go in and, and end up calling the plays yourself, so to speak. Um, the vice president often means that you're putting somebody else's judgment in replace of your own. And at some point, there's going to be disagreements. So all, every president and vice president has had some disagreement at some point. Sometimes it's flared up. Sometimes it's been quieter. And I imagine what Biden is describing is probably, you know, is what his, his circumstance with uh, Obama and probably not all that different from previous relationships between other presidents and vice presidents. And that is, you know, for, you know, 99.9% of the time, you know, you're always going to have that open door and be able to communicate your concerns to the president. But at some point, the president has the final call. And if the president says the direct the course of action should be A, and you want it to be B, your options are to say, yes, sir, Mr. President, and do your very best to promote policy A, or you can leave. Now, we've not really had any vice presidents resign over policy differences or, or something like that. Um, that's, uh, you know, that, that's kind of the way it's been. Now, the idea of, this is a little weird considering, you know, Biden's uh, age and concerns about his health, physical and mental, as he, you know, steps into a job that's considered one of the hardest in the world. And, but it's always, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they'd always said, yeah, if we ever have a point where I got to leave, I just can't agree with what you're doing anymore. I'll, I'll pretend I'm having health issues and I'll leave. And that way there'll be no, it won't blow up into this giant scandal. Again, Joe Biden for, for whatever else is his flaws, and Lord knows he has met plenty, generally has, you know, for, for his eight years he was vice president, tried to play good soldier. Um, I've even heard the anecdote that he wasn't that opposed to the bin Laden mission, but after it succeeded, he felt obligated to say that he didn't think it was worth the risk and that lots of other people didn't think it was worth the risk in order to make Obama look better, to make Obama look bolder and more confident and braver in his decision and, and all that kind of stuff. And when the Hillary came out and said, oh, no, I supported it all along, apparently there was some grumbling from Biden aides and stuff. You know, this is Biden's worldview. If you're, if you're not the chief, your job's, you know, your job's to serve the chief. And, I, you know, it's interesting. But interesting that he talks about resigning, which people are much more worried about that, when in fact, the, I think what he's trying to say is that if Kamala Harris really had some problem with some decision he was making and he was turning the country into the wrong direction and not in a way that was going to be, you know, uh, small potatoes in the long run, well then, Madam Vice President, there's the door. You can leave whenever you like. You know, you're, I'll, I'll, I will happily accept your resignation. You can either get on board with the way we're going or you can leave. Those are your options. You can't stay and undermine me from within. So I think what he's saying makes sense. It's just it's Joe Biden. So it comes out as this incoherent and somewhat unnerving uh, speculation about him having health issues instead of Kamala Harris having to pretend, oh, I've suddenly got migraines and can't handle the job or something like that. So the idea that she's really calling the shots and he would step aside is uh, just his, his word yeah. salad and not his. Why salad. would we worry about that, Greg? <laughs> 
Well, you know, you mentioned Gary Cole, and of course, Gary Cole's greatest role is as Bill Lundberg, the uh, the boss at Inatech in Office Space. <laughs> and so, if Joe Biden really is that guy, I can just uh, picture him sauntering up uh, over the vice president's office at about 4.30 on a Friday afternoon and saying, hey, Kamala, <laughs> looks like we're going to need you to come in on Saturday, okay? For those who remember this, let's say his West Wing character, the fact that he was in the Brady Bunch remake movies. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. And if you ever watched an old CBS series, one of those, you know, one and done, it was called American Gothic, in which he played a small town sheriff who may or may not have been the devil. Gary Cole's got some amazing range as an actor. Under, unappreciated guy. But I don't think he was ever in a Die Hard movie. So that's the one thing that we can hold against him. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I believe he was also in a show called Midnight Caller back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> This is a very Friday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. <laughs> if you had Greg and Jim are going to talk at length about Gary Cole's IMDb page uh, <laughs> on the Three Martini Lunch today, you scored big time because we didn't know we were going there. I can tell you that. But it is Friday. Jim, have a good weekend. See you Monday. See you Monday, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Don't forget about stamps.com. Click on uh, the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Three Martini. Also, please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We are extraordinarily grateful for your kind reviews and your five-star ratings. Remember, you can get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Have a terrific weekend, and please join us Monday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.